in the spring of 1999. At that point, I had known Pastor Roy Hargrave for about almost 10 years since he came to Ormond First Baptist in 1989. And I had called and asked him if he would meet me for lunch just to seek some counsel from him. And we met at Schlotsky's, you know, over by Blockbuster. Uh, Schlotsky's is now, um, what's the name of that place? Starbucks, um, as far as location. But, I, and I believe he gave me counsel that I was asking for, but I've forgotten what he said as concerning that, because in that lunch, he asked me if I would consider coming to Riverbend to be pastor of education and went and talked to Donna, and we prayed, and obviously said yes. Um, but that day, following lunch, we came over here. He toured me around campus, and we ended up just standing around here in the worship center, talking about church and theology, and in the course of that conversation, I made the comment that I was a four-and-a-half-point Calvinist. Of course, Pastor Roy jumped on that quick, you know. It's, it's, it's limited, you know, you know how Pastor Roy was. It's limited atonement, isn't it? It's limited atonement. Yes, sir. You know I am. So you can imagine the conversation there. But um, So he immediately quoted a scripture and pointed out how that scripture pointed to particular, I still don't really care for limited, the term limited. That was part of my problem, but... Um, particular atonement, that Christ died for his elect, his people, his chosen ones. And, and then, and I couldn't argue because it's right there in the scripture. And then he went to the next scripture, quoted it, described how it uh, teaches that doctrine. And then the next scripture, the next scripture. And I don't know, 30 minutes later or so, I was a five-point Calvinist. <laughs> um, uh, and, and have been since and have done uh, other studies since. In fact, I came on staff in June of 99. In July of 99, uh, we did a series with different pastors assigned to different ones, answering the objections to the doctrines of grace. And of course, Pastor Roy gave me the objections to limited atonement and, and, and so on. Um, you know, I, I share that. It's just, it's one of countless illustrations of how Pastor Roy was a man of God's word. He loved God's word. He loved preaching and he loved teaching. He loved just talking about it. He loved talking theology from God's word. He knew God's word. Um, and our passage tonight here in Ephesians 1 is one he referenced often of God's sovereignty over all things and God's sovereignty in our salvation and, and the glories of that for us as, as his people and, and this passage speaks of all the spiritual blessings we have in Christ. And later here in Ephesians chapter 4, one of those blessings is specified as pastors and teachers that, that Christ gives his church. And for 25 years, we were blessed with Pastor Roy as that preaching pastor. Um, and with his going home this week, we're rightly reminded to enjoy the memories of that as his, as his church family. And he's, he and Miss Markey remained members here these past five years. 
Um, and to celebrate that and to enjoy that and share those stories with each other. And those who've come into the church since then, share the stories about, about those 25 years of ministry or your part of that or how it impacted you. Um, and, and pray for his family, his, his dear wife, Marky, all of his kids and grandkids. And as they're doing that at a much more intimate level with Pastor Roy. And then now for coming up on five years, we've been blessed with Pastor Scott. And the baton passed to him. And when, when, when Don and I were in Walmart, when we first heard the name Scott Menez, and we, st- we stopped in the aisle, Donna got on her phone. <laughs> I mean, that's what we do nowadays, right? The first thing that came up was a website opposed to Scott Menez at Grace Bible Church Hollister. And so we started looking at why, and our immediate reaction was, he's the right man. (laughs) Um, Because you're known by your enemies. They were opposing him for what we would consider him doing the right things. It reminded me of all the opposition through the years with Pastor Roy. and then that was just confirmed when, of course, we, got, we went on to get online, find sermons, listen to sermons. He's also a man of the word. He preaches the word of God. I, we're blessed. We're blessed, church. Not every church is blessed with pastors. faithful to the word of God. We're blessed. Thank God for that. Um, So, that's my introduction. You have a sheet uh, I've prepared there. Let's pray and I'll let you get started. And um, we'll pray and I want to read the passage and then let you dig in. But just work through the different questions, just dig into the passage with the questions. There's some outline to help, but focus on discussing those questions, answering the finding the answers together from the passage. Um, let's pray, and then we'll read this, the scripture. Father, we are so grateful to you for how richly you have blessed Riverbend. We're our preaching pastor week by week, 25 years with Pastor Roy, four and a half and counting with Pastor Scott, are faithful, Lord. They love your word. They want your people here to know your word, to be discipled by your word, to live by it, to worship you from it, to, and just faithfully preach it. And we thank you for that blessing. And Lord, this passage from your word speaks of all the blessings, all the blessings you've given us in Christ and how we should worship you for it and bless our time, this few minutes we have, Lord, to look at this, to discuss it together and um, bless through it, Lord, to your glory. And Father, we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, Ephesians 1, starting at verse 3. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, with which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. To the end, that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance, with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. All right, if, uh, if you're on a smaller table and want to join with another table, please feel free. If you're, I'm going to kind of wander around. Wave your hand if you don't have a designated leader. I think we were too short, and I'll help figure that out. Um, and the, the, the discussion sheet should be on the table. All right, go. You're going to have, I don't know, 25 minutes-ish to, to do as much as you can discussing through that, and then I'll spend a little time pulling us all together afterwards, okay? Um, I don't know about your tables, table I was at. I bit off more for us tonight than we can chew. <laughs> um, I knew that might happen, but take this home and keep, keep studying. It's a great passage. It is a passage, I knew this, we could spend weeks and not exhaust this passage of Scripture. Um, but let's, let me take a few responses, and I'll just try to summarize, and we'll close out in just a few minutes, and then continue at home, right? Keep studying the Word of God. So um, what I try to do starting out is just, when you're going to study the Bible yourself, a great, a great way to guide yourself, just get yourself going, is just ask the questions, who, what, where, when? And find those answers, and you're off and rolling. And then think, connected to that, things like, always check context, 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 context. What comes before, what comes after, help us understand what we're looking at. Things like repetition, which we definitely, I think, in a very key way see in this passage. Um... Many of you probably don't like trying to think of your grammar classes. <laughs> um, but, the, I, but the connections of things that grammar would help you label, even if you don't know the labels, notice those connections. Like, he chose us. Who's the subject? Of the, what's the verb there first? What's the, what's the action? Chose, right? Who's the subject? Who did the choosing? He. That's God the Father in context, right? Who received the, who was chosen, us, context is the saints, the believers. 
You see how important just recognizing those connections, we've arrived at election. God chose us. We didn't choose God. Now, because he chose us, we, we do choose him in the sense of we put our faith in him. We put saving faith in Christ. We have to do that or we're not saved. The Bible does say that. But it's, it's like John, uh, Jesus expresses in John, he drew us and, we, and we, we come to him, right? The Father draws, those he draws come to him. There's different ways of expressing this, but it, just seeing the connections are important. So these questions get us going in studying for ourselves and just observing. And what we observe can help us then more correctly arrive at what does it mean? What is it saying? Um, and you need that right meaning that God intended to make the right applications in life. All right, so what are some of the, who's in this passage? Just shout out. Who, who's here? Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Anybody else? Us, which are believers? Paul's writing, right? Those are, those are the main people involved. Um, what did you find under, under what? It's talking about salvation. We're given every, what a statement, right? Every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Unfolds the master plan. Predestined, predestined us is mentioned a couple times, right? Repetition. Man's responsibility. Adoption. Redemption, is that what you said, yeah. Michelle? Awesome. The pledge of our, or the guarantee of our inheritance, Andrew? Our purpose. All right. What, um, what phrase gets repeated three times, or there's a slight variation between one and two of them, but there's, there's a, three phrases repeated. One phrase kind of repeated three times. Anybody catch that? To the praise of his glory, right? Um, verse 6, 12, and 14. We mentioned the Father, Son, and the Spirit. Which verses are talking about the Father? Anybody catch that? Four to six. Which verses are talking about the Son? 7 to 12, and then Holy Spirit 13 to 14, right? And at the end of each section, about each person of the Godhead, to the praise of his glorious grace, to the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glory. Observing things like that, kind of the, the passage gets outlined from what you're seeing there. You, you see? Verse 3 is the main point. Bless God who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing and specifically the work of the Father, the Son, the Spirit in saving us. Um, still on what? What, did the, what does it talk about the Father doing? Choosing. What does it talk about the Son doing? Paying. Paying, is that what you said? Yeah, paying the penalty. Yes, he paid the penalty. Redeeming us, right? That's excellent, Michelle. 
What does it talk about the Spirit doing? Sealing us. Um, what about where? Do you see any wheres? Heavenly places? Are you heading into when? Before the foundation of the world, but that's important. What other, and on where, there's also uh, heaven and earth, right? In verse, is it 10? Um, what about when? Before the foundation of the world, any other whens? Future. And when can relate even to the tenses of the verb and, and few things in the future. Any, any others? Yeah, the second coming would relate to when. Um, this passage is, uh, it's not a direct reference to the second coming, but when it speaks of the Spirit sealing us uh, and the pledge of that inheritance, that inheritance does refer to all we'll receive at the second coming. So yeah, you're right, it's there. Um, two other questions you could add. Um, real quick, one is why. It's not, it's not completely ob objectively observation the way the other four are, but it's a good question to ask as you're doing this because it gets you going on the road of interpreting what does it mean. When you're asking, why did God give us this? Why did God give us Ephesians 1, 3 to 14 through Paul's pen? is getting you towards what did he intend for us to, to see here, to learn about him and, and so forth. So it's getting towards, it's moving you to interpret it, understand it. And then the other question would be wherefore. We don't usually use that word, but it's keeping the W's going. The idea is what, what difference should this make? So it, it starts moving you to application. Now you want to be careful on these two questions like you, stir, you study it out well, check yourself so that the meaning is correct, what God intended, so that then your applications flow from that correct meaning. All right. Um, I'm basically going to have to wrap this up. Let me jump to the end and end my summary. Man, I had some fun questions in here, but oh well. Where am I at? Where am I at? So, Father, the Son, and the Spirit, you know, some people will object to the Trinity, say the word Trinity is not in the Bible, and they're right, it's not. But if you read a passage like this, the doctrine of the Trinity, this, is a, this passage alone is enough to show us the doctrine of the Trinity, and it's not alone. Um, where you've clearly got the three persons as distinct persons with distinct roles even in our salvation, and yet God, functioning as God, fully God. So there's one God, one in essence, three persons, not one person who sometimes acts like a father and sometimes like a son and sometimes like a spirit. No, it's three persons, father, son, and the spirit. 
in fellowship, but only one God. It blows our minds. We can't fully grasp that, but hey, we're the creature, not the creator. It makes sense that our creator would, would be beyond our full, our, our full ability to grasp it all and, and answer all questions. So you've got the Trinity here. But, but the, the thrust of the passage is praise to God. It's blessing God with praise and worship for who he is and what he has done in saving us. Um, give glory to God for giving us every spiritual blessing in Christ, the Father for choosing us, the Son for redeeming us, the Spirit for sealing us. Um, a couple of forays into application. One is just praise God, sing, pray, write, talk about who God is and what he's done from his word, even from this passage, would be one application. And a second would be allow God to fully manifest in us the spiritual blessings he's already given us. As you keep reading Ephesians, he's going to pray that way after this passage. That, that we'll know who we are in Christ if we're saved. We'll really know what he's blessed us with, what he's made us as Christians in him, in Christ. By the way, repetition, the prepositional phrase, in him, in the beloved, in Christ, repeated multiple times in the passage. That's key. How do we have these blessings if we're in Christ? How are we saved if we're in Christ? How can we live like those who are saved if we're in Christ? All of that comes back to Christ. Um, That we know who we are, and then at the end of chapter 3, he's going to pray we can live like it, and then he tells us how to live like it the last three chapters of the book. Um, So let him work these blessings in us. I'm out of time, so I better stop, but keep the sheets and Keep doing your own study. Dig in. Enjoy it. Let's pray before we go. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for... It's just amazing, Lord. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. We're unworthy of that. But you, you chose us. Christ redeemed us. The Spirit seals us, makes us securely yours, all by your grace in him. And we thank you for that. We praise you. We pray we learn more and more of those blessings, even more importantly, more and more of you, of who you are, to know you personally, to draw close, to worship you, to tell others about you, to live to your glory by your power and grace and mercy. And Father, again, as we've been praying, we pray for your comfort and strength to Miss Markey and the entire Hargrave family. Um, We pray that you'd bless the time Friday night, the service on Saturday. Lord, that Pastor Roy would be honored. The life you gave him, the ways you blessed others through him. That even more Christ, his Savior, his Lord, his King would be exalted and that the gospel of Christ would be clear. Lord, that in his home going, there would be even more to come to faith because the gospel is proclaimed through this time. Um, we trusted to you, Lord. Bless, bless us to your glory. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.